This is Shannon Cox, your academic coach in the EDD program, and welcome to Beyond the Syllabus. I have another very special guest with me today, Dr. Moss Spring, who's the program doctor for the EDD program. Thank you so much for being with me today. Thank you so much, Shannon. Yes, I am excited to um, talk to you. We're going to talk about kind of two separate topics, but I think they go really well together. Uh, we're going to talk about first presenting at conferences, um, from the beginning. How do I do that? How do I find what conference I want to go to? And then actually preparing to do that, the steps for submitting to get accepted to present at a conference. Um, and then also the second piece that kind of ties in with that is networking because obviously conferences are a good place to do that. So that's our agenda for today. Um, and the reason I wanted to sit down with you to talk about this specific topic is Throughout the time I've worked with you, there's been many times um, where you've talked about this and encouraged our students and have been really supportive of our students to do this, to present the work that they're doing because we know they're doing great work in our program, in their professional careers, and I'm not sure that all of our students have maybe thought about presenting at a conference, and maybe some have, um, and maybe we can provide them tips and tricks that they haven't thought of before, but I also wanted to start at the beginning for those who may be interested but don't know where to start. So that's where we're going to start <laughs> today. Um, so at the very beginning, like I said, some students are tied to professional, professional conferences and they do likely attend often. But for our students who aren't, what advice do you have um, for those who are starting at the very beginning? So what should they take into consideration when looking for and deciding on conferences to attend and then also possibly present at? Good question. Thank <laughs> Diving you. Diving right in. Yeah. Um, well, I'm just going to recall a little bit about when I was in my uh, doctoral program because that's where the light bulb started going off for me in terms of maybe I should be submitting to conferences because I'd never thought about it before either. And so my chair, um, my advisor, and ended up being my dissertation chair, told me, um, I was in the master's program too, never told me this in the master's program so much, but when I got into my um, doctoral program said, every paper you write for a class could potentially be a conference paper. How interesting. And that kind of challenged me and I, it surprised me because I thought, wow, I mean, that really changed the way I tried to write my papers because I thought um, this might not just be for points in a class, but this might sure. be actually something I could either submit on my own or submit with one of the fellow students or we could combine papers to submit something to a conference, sure. or I could collaborate with my professor. And um, that's actually what I did. My very first paper was a case study that I'd written about. Um, it was a basic, um, it was a historical figures and leadership class. And um, I wrote about several leaders in that class and ended up turning it into sort of like a collective case study of these folks and submitted it to Eastern Academy of Management, which I had never been to before, and I invited my professor um, to come with me, and so we walked around Yale's campus, and it was like that quintessential moment of, wow, I can't believe I'm even here, and this is even me, because um, as a doctoral student, you're like, you know, all, only the big professors do this sure. kind of stuff. So that was really, that was my very first publication and my first um, conference presentation, and um, my professor thanked me so much afterward. He was later in his career, but he said, you know, I, 
you know, he so he wasn't doing as much writing and stuff, but he really enjoyed the process of mentoring me through that process. And um, so that's kind of where I got started was just taking something from a class. That's and great. in this program, you know, of course there's papers and um, to broaden students' minds about what the potential for this paper could be. And yeah. don't, don't waste time. If you want to get into academia or you want to get um, to be able to teach somewhere, um, you have to be demonstrating conference and pub journal publication and scholarly activities. So sure. conference presentation is one of the best ways to go and um, get ways, best way to get started before even trying to get into a journal um, so yeah, it's just a good, that's, that's a good initial thought for us to kind of start yeah. with is start with your classes. Especially since there are students who are already working full time, going to school, and probably thinking when will I have time to submit something like this, it might not be as much time as they may think if they can use something they've already done Yeah, with some adaptation. And conferences now, you know, you envision, um, you know, people presenting 30-page papers and tons of work getting that prepared and, um, and referenced and all correctly submitted and reviewed. But more and more, conferences are submitting sort of emerging scholars. Um, mm -hmm. They'll have whole either uh, roundtables or panel discussions or emerging scholar workshops, and those are for doctoral students. Conference, um, conferences love to have doctoral students attend. Okay. Because they bring new energy and they're collaborative and they want to engage with, with faculty and they're very excited to be there. So don't think that it has to be some, you know, data, you know, like your dissertation. Think of it as, I want to write a paper about adaptive leadership and you write, you know, the beginnings of a paper, maybe uh, form a few research questions or a hypothesis. And oftentimes that's all you need, and you can take that to the conference and, and sit around a table with others. They'll, they'll group people by topic. And so they'll sit with other um, doctoral students from other institutions, all interested in the same topic, sharing their ideas. And that's also super fulfilling because you're like, wow, I mean, I'm not the only person here um, writing about this. And you might find future collaborators. Of course, you know, you learn things from them. Right. But um, it's just it's just a really good high energy way to uh, use your work and and do the networking too. That's really cool. How did you decide which conference you would choose? That's a fun one. Um, <laughs> my so the very first one I don't even know how we ended up at the Eastern Academy of Management. I think it was the date. Oh. So the Eastern Academy of Management is a regional conference for the Academy of Management. And that the Academy of Management will have 20,000 people there. It's this huge conference. Sure. Kind of intimidating. And the Eastern Academy and all the regional um, Academy of Management conferences get about 200, 250 people. So number one, they're easier to get into because sure. it's a smaller conference. They're very friendly, usually very collegial. And I think I was thinking the date worked, and hey, wouldn't it be fun to go to the <laughs> campus of Yale University, you know, and, and have that experience. So the, all of those factors can play in, but um, you can go out on the website. Conferences generally have their, um, their conferences the same time every year, and uh, you can reach out to the program chair, ask them 
you know, if, you, if your idea seems like it might make sense. You know, they're very, um, usually very good at communicating back with people, too. With okay. Especially new students, trying to get in the system. So you said that was your first time also mm -hmm. attending the conference. Mm -hmm. So it, it isn't necessarily important that a student go first and then try to submit to present something, say, the next year. No. Okay. I mean, it's kind of a, you could, I mean, it's, it, you can definitely go, especially if you have something really close to you. Maybe there's something sure. that's not even your major topic area, but it, or maybe it's part of your, you know, your workplace, but it's still an academic conference. Um, so you can go and attend and watch and see and meet people. But no, I went first just to present, and that was super exciting. And um, it's not that complicated. I mean, they assign you your session, they assign you the room you need to be in, they help you set up with all your equipment that you, you would need. Um, so, and there's always people around to help, so it's not super intimidating. Good. Yeah. And you collaborated with someone too. So if yes. some, you know, with the cohort model we have in our program, I think students do form close bonds with one another. They're in the classes together. So there might be somebody in their cohort, even in their same class where they wrote the same yeah. paper topic that maybe they could collaborate on Definitely. together, which isn't something maybe some students have considered either. So that's good information. You can become members of these professional organizations that hold these conferences. Is that important? Is that something students should look into doing? What advice do you have on that? The beauty of being a student is that it's always cheaper. Okay. So That's a good point. if it's if I'm going to sit up. If I'm going to register for a conference, it's usually going to cost, you know, $300, $500 or something like that. If a student registers, it's usually about 100 bucks. Oh, okay. So, um, and often your registration is your, your membership. Oh, okay. Too. So they okay. all, you know, they can do these things a little bit differently, but um, so it kind of depends on whether you become a member. Some require you to become a member, but always register as a student and you're going to get a much, much cheaper deal. Good. Yeah. And then later we're going to um, give the information to for the graduate student government travel funds they have available for them as well. We talked about that in an episode or two. It might have been the last episode I met with um, our GSG representatives, but I have that information to share as well, which will be helpful yeah. in covering those costs. So when a student has, okay, I found the conference, the dates work, it matches what we want to do. What does the next step look like as far as submitting for the conference? Yeah, it's basically the same everywhere. It's not that different from submitting a paper to our discussion board. Okay. You know, it's a portal. You, you get into it. You register your name. Um, some of them you have to cut and paste into the submission page. Some of them you upload a whole document or a d PDF of a document. But um, it'll say, click here to submit. So, um, you know, giving yourself plenty of time before the due date sure. is always good. So you can make edits and make sure in case something happens on that day when that's, you know, the final day you can submit and sure. all of a sudden you're locked out of getting it, um, you know, submitting your paper. But really, it looks and feels very much like submitting to our um, Blue Line 
site. That's great. I think yeah. it's a lot less intimidating than maybe the perception of some of our students might think it is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then, you know, I've been a reviewer as well. So then on the back side, um, the reviewer will download that paper and then they'll make comments just the same way that you would get comments on a paper in your class. It's, it's crazy how similar it is. And some of them have rubrics, some of them don't, some of them um, have like comments on the side and then maybe a sort of like a summary at the bottom, you know, with feedback about the paper, whether they think it should be accepted or not. Or maybe if it's maybe not the right conference for them or, you know, they'll give you information like that, especially for students because they want to be developmental and provide, you know, good feedback for them. So really the whole process feels like sort of submitting a paper for a grade. You have to wait for the reviewers to work their way through. Um, and then, you know, you get the, get the note, yes, you're accepted, or no, I'm sorry, you're not accepted this year. And um, both, of course, all those things happen to all of us. It's, um, some conferences have very specific themes every year, and so they want papers to fit that theme. Um, and if, if they just don't fit, it's harder for them to accept the paper. And other conferences have specific tracks. So they might have a leadership development track, a leadership education track, a followership track, a servant leadership track. And, um, and so it's important to think about your paper too and make sure you put it into the right category. Sure. Some, sometimes there might be just a purely uh, doctoral student track other times, those are mixed in with all the other tracks. And okay. so knowing, um, be, you know, before you even think about submitting, get as deep into the conference website as you can, because you can tailor a lot of what you do to exactly what they're looking for. Okay. So, for example, I just submitted a, a conference presentation um, to International Leadership Association, and their theme is Leading at the Edge. So um, okay. these very high level, you know, <laughs> catchy, whatever um, branding names to encourage people to submit. And so we were doing some work on women courageous. So I gave it a title something like um, women leading at the edge, colon, um. how women persevere in times of complexity sure. or something like that. So that the keywords. In my title and in the first few, you know, paragraphs of the, of the proposal matched very closely with what they were asking for. Sure. Because as a reviewer, again, just like with your dissertation or with any work you submit, your teacher, your faculty member, you want to make it as easy as possible for them to see what they're asking for. So don't hide it in a bunch of stuff up front make it just you know tailor things this is also a bit of marketing so tailor things exactly to what they're asking for and 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 as 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 a reviewer I can always say oh I'm reading I'm liking this I'm liking this and I stop looking less for technical problems I, I can start to get engaged with what they're telling me and what they're writing because they're into the flow and they seem to get you know or understand what we're trying to achieve with the conference sure. and those are ones that are really easy to say yes to even though they might be, you know, not as technically um, perfect as maybe another submission where they ha led me through the <laughs> rabbit trail of this complex idea and, and really never really got to the fact that this is about leading at the edge. Sure. No, that makes perfect sense. Yeah. That's a helpful way to think about it. Um, 
Okay, and so then you'll get the yes or the no, but the yes, you'll go mm. to the conference, and then it all works out from there. So that's kind of the full process. Yeah. Um, you know, when you're at the conference, obviously, it's all about the networking. Yes, which is the next thing I want to talk yeah. about. Um, so we're there. Um, if so, I think part of it at conferences, they do typically have um, kind of like networking times, mm-hmm. whether that's like a dinner or a reception or um, even like um, the exhibitors, that kind of time mm-hmm. you can talk with other people. Lunch, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, so how do you approach some how do I decide who I want to approach oh good and then what how do I open that conversation yes that can be intimidating yes especially Uh, if it's my first time at a conference I know that's why the smaller conferences are nice um, because 200 people is easier to navigate than you know 10,000 absolutely so first of all find out if any of your peers or anybody else from Creighton University is going to be there Oh, Because sometimes sure. some of our faculty may be there, yes, too. Yes, true. So just let us know if you've been accepted to a conference, and we can kind of keep track of that or even direct you to maybe some other, even if we're not going to be there, other people we may know that you might want to meet. Good. You know, that we know might be there. Yeah, so start with the connections you have. Yeah, before you even go. Look at the list of who's... Um, the conference program will come out before you attend. Okay. So I study the conference program, and say someone like Rob Coons, he teaches in our program, he presents a lot of conferences. So my, one of our students may have had Dr. Coons for a faculty member, so wouldn't it be so cool to watch Dr. Coons present? So cool. So, um, and he heads a several little um, groups and things too, so he's very active in some conferences. So look at the program, and see if there's anybody you know presenting, any peers that you know that are presenting, or any names of people that you've read in books or papers. Sure, okay. And it's really, really exciting. You know, I remember, too, going to a session and saying, oh my God, you know, there's Barbara Kellerman. You know, she writes all about women's leadership and, and followership, and she's very, and I revered her. You know, I thought she's so cool, and there she is. Yeah. Just this lady, this little lady up there presenting her work. And um, and then mark those. So mark your program uh, with where you want to go. And so go to the room. So this is a great way to sort of informally network. Okay. You um, get to the room in plenty of time and have the courage to kind of sit middle front of the room. And you might even go up and introduce yourself to the speaker. Okay. Because they're, you know, that's, you know, they're a little bit nervous too. And sure. they, they love to say hi, especially if it's a student. And sit around where there's leave space where there's, you know, hopefully space where people can come fill, fill in around you. Okay. And just start introducing yourself. Okay. In, in the session itself before it actually starts. Bring out your paper, be ready to take notes, be engaged, and then ask questions. Have the courage to ask a question. After, they always leave five minutes or so after every presentation for questions. Sure. And, um, a lot of doctoral students who say, oh, I don't know if I have a good question, right? But the best way to stand out as a leader and as someone who's interested is to ask 
a good question or even a question at all. Right. And just to get the dialogue going because it's it's you know it's not a great session when they say do you have any have any questions and no one asks any. And it's kind of like deadpan and it's like, oh my gosh, okay, we're all gonna leave now. That's a horrible experience. Sure. You want it to be the opposite where that room gets kind of bouncing around with questions and our students could be the start of Absolutely. that. Um, and, and also, just a side note, if you are presenting, be prepared that someone is going to ask you a question. Okay, that's and good <laughs> advice. <laughs> <laughs> that, um, when I was presenting my first time, again, there was a guy, an older gentleman, he'd probably been to a thousand conferences, back of the room, raised his hand, and asked me a difficult question, and here I was, completely flustered, and I probably got defensive in my answer, and I probably did a horrible job <laughs> of answering it. But afterward, um, he walked up and he said, you did a pretty good job there. You know, he knew I was a student, yeah. and he's a teacher, you okay. know? And um, we ended up being really good friends. Like he, so, so that was the beauty of it. So if you meet a few people in these sessions, you kind of walk out into the halls together, you're chit-chatting, you're having coffee together, then um, you say, well, where are you going to go next? Oh, I'm going to go to session 5A. That sounds cool. I'll follow you. So you kind of find buddies within the session. Sure. That's, that's how I like to do it. Then it's lunchtime. You say, oh, you want to go, go grab one? Let's go. So now you have a buddy or two or three to walk into this big room with 200 people in it yes. and sit with. Yeah. And I love that. That's, and that's, those are the people that, you know, I mean, that's how I've met so many of like our, our faculty that teach in the program and people that I've done research with and that's it but it happens organically like that but you do have to if you sit quiet or if you run to your room every time there's a break or if you you know don't engage you, you're not going to get as much out of the conference right you have to put yourself out there mm -hmm. yeah that's great advice and it doesn't have to be such high stakes just Hey, how are you doing? Exactly. Where are you from? Exactly. What do you hope to get out of this? Some yeah, and like the large, you know, cocktail hour social events. I usually walk in if I'm at this conference by myself. I go grab probably a glass of wine, a little thing of food, and I kind of cruise around, and I'll just pick a table. And as everybody else is doing the same thing yeah. too. Usually standing up at one of those tables, and you just hi, introduce yourself. Ask them where they're from. Everyone wants to talk about where they're from, what they do, and then say, you know, what you could just have a good prompting question. You know, what was the most interesting thing you heard today? Yeah. Or what challenged you? Or and you can ask the same question to everybody because nobody's sure. going to care. Sure. And things just get rolling. Academics love to chat. You know, especially if they're drinking wine and eating food <laughs> and. You know, it's just the, it's the social time. So those are usually pretty engaging, too. Very cool. So after you make those connections, what is the appropriate way to continue those connections? So do you yeah. say, can I give you a business card? Do you say, can I follow you on LinkedIn? Do you say, can I just put your phone number on my phone? What is the appropriate yeah. way to make sure that you retain that connection yeah. you made? It could be any of those. Um, gosh, one of the conferences I recently went to, a doctoral student 
handed me a one-pager of their presentation with oh. their name and address on it, and he's looking into getting into teaching and okay. higher ed. So I was pretty impressed with that. Okay. It, it gave you know, it was a dissertation. He just gave me a one-pager of his model and what he found. So that was kind of cool. Cool. That's a pretty formal way. Um, it just depends on how you connect. Some people, I'm immediately knowing, okay, give me your phone number. You know, if you've been spending time through it with them throughout the conference, you know, let's get each, in each other's phones and let's talk about, we, maybe you've decided you want to collaborate. Sure. That, that's one of the best ways to stay connected, to say, hey, we seem to have a similar interest. Let's work on something for this conference next year. Okay. And... Voila! Now yeah. you have a collaborator and a new friend and a colleague who's from a completely different institution, and um, so it could it could run the spectrum. Cards are okay. Myself, I tend to get home with a pile of cards and I put them on my desk and they sit there, and it's just you want that in the moment next step. Like yes. we're gonna write a paper together. Or we're going to submit to the conference next year. Okay. Or I'm going to be in Denver where they live. Um, I know I'm like I'm going to be there in three months. I'm going to. I'm going to. Can I connect you three with you when I'm in Denver and we go get coffee or something? Yes. So um, just try to make that next step in place because a card is not as alive as an actual investment of I really want to you know get to know this person. Yeah, that led right into my next question is after the conference is over, how do you not let that connection sit on your desk and maybe die? Or, you know, yeah. or should you expect that, you know, we're just going to see each other maybe once a year at this conference and, and that's fine. I suppose it depends on how you intend to utilize yeah. that connection that you made. It depends on your goals too. If you are one of our students and you're nearing the end of your program and you think you might want to get into teaching, sure. right? So you're with all these university people who are usually looking for adjunct professors. Yes. So, and you're looking for ways to get engaged with them. So that person, you want to hand your card and, and you would want to follow up with them afterward via email and say here I am I tell me how I can get engaged with you I mean, that's a real formal way mm -hmm. and that's something with you have a specific goal of wanting to teach so it really depends on what your goals are as to how you do your networking sure um, so that I guess that's, yeah 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 no I think that helps tremendously but also good to think about before you go to the conference yeah. What are my goals? Who do I want to try to connect with? Or, you know, I always love those stories, and you hear them, you know. Um, I was just talking to someone, and uh, they said their friend sat next to a guy on a plane, and they just were talking, and he ended up with this job, moved across the country, and it, it just started with talking to someone on yeah. a plane. Who, that's yeah. not your expectation right. for your plane ride. Yeah. So what your expectation might be of going to the conference and what could potentially happen via just have, sitting down next to someone at cocktail hour, Yeah. who knows yeah. what could come up, which I think is exciting. Yeah, and now I gave me goosebumps because that, <laughs> that, that happens all the time and you get that same kind of goosebumpy bumpy feeling when you arrive at a conference and you do meet someone that you never would have met without going and you feel like they're sort of a compadre or a soulmate or something and you just instantly connect and your friends 
and you meet their friends and they meet your friends and you know you just learn about each other those are very um, those things are real you just have to open yourself up yes. to it and you know, most of the time you know I don't talk to the person next to me on the plane I should probably be more friendly <laughs> but um, but yeah I mean it's very much a possibility that those, those things happen. Yeah. No, I think this is great. Hopefully this spoke to some of our students and have them energized. I like to, um, you mentioned your first, going back to your first experience presenting, you paired up with an advisor. And I think um, another, this podcast is about resources for our students, but to go back to your faculty advisors, program director, are all resources to our students in doing this too. Mm -hmm. So even though it's not part of class, you're not getting a grade, it's not required for the program, if it's something you're really interested in, you're not alone. You guys go to conferences all the time, mm -hmm. you're experts, and I love from a staff perspective when you guys do come back from conferences and I can tell how energized you are and yeah. hearing you talk about these people from all over the country or the world and I just sit fascinated like wow that's really cool that you it is surreal yeah really it is and being in academia can be kind of isolating especially when you're teaching online sure. and it's isolating for the students too yeah. it can be very you know here's me and my computer you can sort of feel like that so when you're out for a few days and you're just engaging with with people who are thinking yes. and learning and doing, you know, writing new things and authors that you, you know, I've seen Brene Brown at the ILA before, oh and, you know, gosh. they bring in, you know, yeah. really high level speakers to some of these conferences and you're like, that's, that's crazy. I can't believe this is happening. It's just very, um, it's very, and you, just, you just, you learn in so many different ways. But, yeah. Yeah. And our students, I know we encourage them to come back for the Learning Institute reasons you know, they're online to come back together as a cohort. And this could be another opportunity that a group of them might decide, let's all meet together yes. at this conference. And that could be that would another. Be a blast. Yeah. And then tell faculty member and we could have a great. We could take him out to dinner. This one yeah. thing we do try to do if if we know we're in a place where there's a you know critical mass of people in a certain area, like International Leadership Association, it's going to be in San Francisco in November 2020. I know if I get our thing gets accepted, we'll be there, and um, we'd love to have a little dinner or meet yes. and you know buy people a snack and hang out and chat and and I can't tell you how fulfilling it is. ILA International Leadership Association is one where lots of our students tend to go anyway, and okay. it's so funny because they usually won't tell me that they're going to be there oh, funny. and everyone like uh, Belinda Hahn always is always there and it's like oh hi yeah when I mean, you're standing <laughs> up there talking like oh my god there you are <laughs> it's so funny and she's so calm about it it's like yeah you know I come every year so it's just like wow so tell us and, and we can look for you and we can yeah. get together and connect you with other people yes you know, with our people the people that we've met along the way yes to follow you around at a conference would probably be like the coolest thing well, ever you I know don't. a lot of <laughs> cool people oh, <laughs> i don't know but all of our folks know a lot of cool people and it's fun just to and we go, we go to different kinds of conferences too. Yes, true. So, so that. The interdisciplinary. Yeah, I think that's important. And we kind of talked about it maybe, but it doesn't have to be a leadership conference. Uh -uh. It might be related. 
Because like I said, I think a lot of students probably are connected to some kind of professional conference associated with their career, um, position, whatever the case may be, but um, there's yeah. op- it doesn't have to be leadership. And you guys don't just go to leadership conferences. Correct. So that's right. important, too, when trying to fi- find your your one yeah <laughs> your yeah. home yeah um i do want to give the information for the graduate student government travel vouchers so they've made a change um in what is allowed to for these vouchers to be used for so if you are presenting at a conference and this is you have to apply it it's not guaranteed but this is what the funds are for um Presenters at a conference are allowed allotted $700 per student per semester. And then students who are just attending, not presenting at the conference, are allotted $500 per student per semester. So it's a decent amount. Um, definitely will help towards travel expenses. And then I noted from um, last year, just to give you an idea, is... Um, they had 25% of their budget allocated to this fund, which ended up being $14,000 last year. I think it changes every year, but they have money to give. So I, yeah. I mean, they're giving this money to a lot of students. And we talked about how now students can use it for the writing workshop as well. That's now included in this um, travel voucher, but the original intention was specifically for academic conferences, and so you certainly can use that there if that could help. Um, if students are considering it, there is a financial piece, but this might help them be able to explore yeah. that further. That's awesome. So definitely look into that. Um, shoot me an email if you want more information specifically on how to access the GSG travel funds, and we'll get you connected. But thank you so much yeah, for you, having this conversation. I learned a lot. I know some of our, our students did too. Yeah. Is there any No, I guess facts? reach out to myself or Shannon. If there's something you're wondering about submitting to, send us a quick note. We'll let you know. Or your advisor or your, your, your faculty member. Just yeah. let them know and that you'd like to engage in that way, and they'd be happy to provide little inside of they and then we want to share that success with our the other students in our program as well I think yeah. when our students see their classmates or other students in the program doing these things that will also maybe help them feel more confident to do it as well so we love sharing that stuff yeah in our newsletter on social media very much yeah and the thing is too so I'll just say coming from Creighton is always a bonus when you're out there in the world because People do know the name, and they're really, we have a good reputation out there. Yes. Um, and so that will make, that always feels really, really good, too. Right. So go out there proud as a Creighton Blue yes. Jay, you know, and kind of share your knowledge and let, you know, let our little blue light shine yes. <laughs> across the universe. Absolutely. So, yeah. The Creighton Network, talking about networking, I mean, it's huge to begin with. It is. So. We, yeah, they have a leg up there for sure. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Well, we will leave it at that. Uh, Thank you again for doing this and tune in next time.